0: This week at church, Pastor Robin McKinley continues his series in James with Grounding Faith. It says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. You can join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for free coffee, free baked goods, a worship service, and a sermon to follow. The church is located by the Coventry Mall on Wood Road. Okay, we are continuing our series. In the book of James, today we're talking about uh, grounding faith. So uh, if you want to turn in your Bible, we're going to continue to the end of chapter 1 today. You know, the Christian life isn't about performing a set of rules and regulations or about being a good person It's about knowing the Lord. It's about hearing his voice and obeying his leading. So if the key to following Christ is hearing and obeying God's voice, then we've got to make sure that we've got our ears tuned in to what God is saying. And the surest way that God speaks to us is through his word. Now, he will speak through the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit will never contradict his word. It's vital that we understand James' intent in underscoring the the relevance and importance of the word in our lives. And this is why James makes a distinction between hearing the word and doing what the word says. In fact, in James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word... And so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Now, some of you older folks, like me, you've learned it a different way. Here's the way you've learned it. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, the word hearer is one who who sits passively in an audience just listening, and example of this would be like auditing a college class. A person who's auditing the class, all they have to do is sit there and listen. They really don't have to participate, they don't have to do any of the homework, and they certainly don't have to do any of the tests. There's no accountability, they can just sit there and listen. Well this also happens spiritually as well. Some people take advantage of hearing the word but never putting it into practice. They've got an interest in spiritual things, they've got an interest in a moral lifestyle, and in church programs, but they have no desire to follow Jesus or to obey the word. Now, the word doer means the total immersion of a person, body, soul, and spirit, into actively activity for which they're called. They've been called. It's more than practicing what you hear. It's becoming what you hear because you believe it and you value it. Here's what uh, the commentator Barclay says. He says, "One person said James does well to remind us that what is heard in the holy place must be lived." in the marketplace so let's take a look at the scripture now we're starting with your notes if you'd like to follow along with your notes says in uh james chapter 1 verse 19 my dear brothers and sisters take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry because human human anger does not produce the righteousness that god desires Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So the first thing we've got to do here is receive the word. How do we receive the word? First of all, with the proper approach. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, for man's anger doesn't... Uh, about the righteous life that God desires. So, quick to listen. Verse 18 says, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. So within the context of what James is telling us, Christians are to carefully, continually, and skillfully put put themselves in a position to hear God's word. They're to seize opportunities to be exposed to God's Word, to take advantage of occasions to hear God's Word. You know, walking in faith is about knowing God, hearing His voice, and responding to the Spirit's leading. So then he goes on to say, slow to speak. You know, it's hard to hear if you're talking. No amens on that? Oh, you're listening. Okay, I understand. (laughs) It's hard to hear if you're formulating what you're going to say next. When we speak, we should weigh our words because we must realize that we are not just speaking for ourselves, we're representative of God. We're speaking for Him too. And then it goes on to say slow to become angry. Now this statement might seem like it's out of place, but it's not. The word anger here doesn't mean explosive anger, you know, like, let me give you a backhand. No, it's not talking about that kind of anger. But it's a seething, smoldering anger. It's an anger that is inwardly and privately harbored. It's an anger that will show itself through what we say and what we do. With this type of anger, we will have the tendency to major in the minors and fight for things secondary to what God's priorities are. It's amazing how much energy we can spend in church promoting our own opinions. You know, soon our opinions become creeds and our creeds become dogma. And... Before we know it, we're walking around looking to devour anyone who doesn't meet expectations. I've seen this through the years in people. To have a proper approach to hearing God's voice, we must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Secondly, we must have the proper alignment. Scripture says, therefore, Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. To be properly in tune or aligned with God to hear his voice, it requires that we do what we can to eliminate the filth and the wickedness, the NIV says the evil of this world, the things of this world from our lives. The word wickedness or evil refers to a deliberate and a determined sin. Isaiah tells us about this way back in his day. Fifth chapter says it's like we put a cart rope around sin and pull it with us. The word filthiness refers to any sort of impurity or moral vice the word was used two ways, of dirty clothes that need to be stripped away and, oh, this is gross, the building up of earwax on your eardrums that impedes sound. So we must rid ourselves of these things. That's, that's what Paul tells us. Paul tells us in Colossians, but you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Remember, the key to life is hearing and hearing God's voice. James says that to hear God, you must work on clearing the sin from within. Okay, we also need to, we need the proper Attitude. Humbly accept the word planted in you. Don't you hate that word humbly at times? Yeah, I do too. Humbly means with meekness, gentleness, to receive God's instruction with a submission, submissive and teachable spirit without resisting. You, you know what a form of resistance is? We do it with other people. We do it with God. Yes, but. That's a form of resisting. And he says, humbly accept the word planted in you. Humbly stand in contrast to anger. Being slow to become angry. Rather than drawing a line in the sand with God saying, this is what I'm going to do. Receive his instruction with a willing heart, a willing spirit, because you will understand that he is working his will in you for his glory and for your goodness. Well, accept the word planted in you. The word planted is like a seed planted in the ground. That's a pretty simple definition there. It's not received in physical birth, but it's received in spiritual birth. The word isn't just the Bible And this is what we have to get in our minds now. It's not just memorizing the Bible. I've known people that have memorized the Bible and their life is full of sin. You see, this is not just the Bible planted in you, but it's the entire gospel that is able to forgive your sins and redeem your soul. God is saying that the truth of the gospel is inserted into the fertile soil of your soul. Where it will germinate, it will take root, and it will grow to fruitfulness. Then, I believe this is the last one. Yeah, on point number one. Proper anticipation. Which can save you? The word is able to save your souls in in three ways, past, present, and future. The word, um, in the past, the word brought us to the reality of our sin and our lost condition and to the saving grace of Jesus. In present, the word is able to guard our hearts during times of temptation. You know what the psalmist says? says serving as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and then future the word points to the ultimate end of sin the promise of eternity with God with all this said and as important it is to hear the word of God it doesn't mean a whole lot if we don't put it into action so the reason of hearing is to do it so point number two is responding to the word And we'll read verses 22 and 25 here, okay? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. To appropriately respond to to God's word requires that we pay proper attention. Scripture says to prove of the word. Now we've already looked at this portion of Scripture when we first started, but the word prove here means to continually strive because you can't be satisfied. I want more and I want more and I want more of God's word to continually pursue his truth because you know that you haven't arrived yet. Continually do that. So James offers an illustration to help us understand this teaching. He compares the word of God to a mirror. The purpose of the mirror is to reflect the details of our outer man or woman. God's word does the same thing for the inner person. It accurately depicts a person's true nature, our habits, and our character. Look for God's truth is the second thing. He who looks carefully into the perfect law. The word look here means to stoop down and scoop up. To stoop down and it's a man who humbles himself before God's word by studying it, by meditating on it, by absorbing it into his life so that it can become a part of him, just like our very breath is a part of us. James is encouraging us to allow God's word to penetrate and to alter our behavior and our character. He boldly proclaims that this is the reason that God gives the word. To speak directly to the issues of our lives. And that would take away things that would prevent us from knowing him and serving his kingdom and having his righteousness be a part of us. So we'll go on with verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So the second point of point number two is proper application, to apply the word with control. The word religious here refers to an external religious ritual and activity, okay? It says, those who consider themselves religious. It was this very attitude that Jesus uh, kind of spoke against with the activity of the Pharisees. Religious on the outside, but dead on the inside is void of all authentic faith, Okay, the religious talk the good talk, but eventually their words don't substantiate their faith. A person who trusts in their outer activity will soon or sooner or later be exposed to faithlessness. Because their mouth, they don't have the willing, uh, the inner workings of the Holy Spirit to bridle their tongue. Your mouth is the bucket that dips into the well of your heart. Now, the way I've heard that said before is what's in the heart comes out of the mouth. I kind of like this. The mouth is the bucket that dips into the well of your heart. Then the scripture goes on to say, look after orphans and widows and in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Apply the word without conceit is what he's saying. It says look after, meaning to care for others. By visiting them and by exercising oversight on their behalf to help them in their time of need. Whether someone is widowed or orphaned or sick or just going through a difficult stretch, as believers, we lay our needs and desires to the side to help to care for others. It says to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This, This to keep means... the the word indicates a continuous motion to remain clean. It's an attitude and a determination to not compromise your faith, your witness, to to not compromise your witness or to, uh, let's just say, not compromise your relationship with God and with others. So, you know, there are times that people will want to take a quick dip into the pool of sin. No, it's to keep from doing those things. It's an unending obligation and determination to be holy in the sight of God. Here's what Peter tells us. Peter says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it's written... Be holy because I am holy. So, we're going to bring this down to a close this morning. Remember, the Christian life is in Jesus. And it's about knowing God through Jesus, hearing his voice, and obeying his instruction. You see, when we tune our ears and our hearts to what God is saying to the call that he has laid upon our lives, he is enabled to work through us to draw us closer to him. And friends, if there's one thing I want in this world, it's to be closer to Jesus every day of my life. And I hope that that's where you're at too. To be closer to Jesus every day of your life so that he can empower us to resist the enemy And to represent his kingdom in this world. But it's uh, conditional. It's conditional on not just hearing the word. But it's conditional to putting his word into action. Where are you at with all this, friends? Do you read his word? Oh, that's interesting and that's it. Or don't you even... How can you know what Jesus was like if you're not learning what he was like? Jesus called them the religious people. See, God isn't book to sit on your nightstand or have open on your coffee table. It's not something to help you look like you're religious and pious. No. The Bible is his breath spoken through the Holy Spirit, inspired to God in the way of Him and the way of the Lord. And entered a church late one Sunday. He asked, is the sermon done yet? The person who answered answered wisely. He said, the sermon has been preached, but it has not yet been about insight the sermon isn't done when it's preached it's finished when it's practiced so this morning where are you with all this see it's not enough just to hear the word you have to do it it has to be done James says be ye doers of the word and not just We all look for happiness in life, we try to do good works, we seek for pleasure, but no matter how hard we try, we still feel empty. God is the only one who can satisfy. God pours mercy upon us, He pours His grace upon us, He fills us with His Spirit. God lavishes us with blessing, He washes us, He saves us. He gives us a life overflowing with peace and joy to others. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior.